Hi, I'm Joshua Fletcher, also known as Anxiety Josh, and I'm a qualified therapist and previous sufferer of crippling anxiety. Thank you for tuning in. The Panic Pod is part of the School of Anxiety, which is my project to help as many people as I can with the condition. The School of Anxiety includes this podcast, my self-help books, do-it-at-home courses, and my popular weekly newsletter. If you'd like to get this free newsletter every week directly from me, then sign up in 30 seconds at schoolofanxiety.com or in my bio on social media. There you'll hear success stories, did it anyways, psychoeducation, my tip of the week, and an introduction to this week's podcast guest, if there is one. I hope you enjoy the episode, and remember, you are not broken. Welcome to the Panic Pod. This episode is going to be on the topic of depression versus the fear of depression. Um, And it's a topic that's been requested by a few of you. So I thought I'd listen and uh, and answer the best I can. So I suppose the best place to start is um, explaining what depression is first. Um, Does depression come alongside anxiety? Yeah, quite a lot. Uh, I've suffered with depression in the past. Uh, I wouldn't say it was uh, been clinical depression, but um, yeah, to feel depressed is a very normal emotion. It's very, arguably, a healthy re- emotion when needed. Depression is when we feel uh, we have a low mood. Uh, depression is often when we feel numb. Um, depression is when we're kind of drawn to the sadness and we see the sadness in things. It also makes us feel very nihilistic. So you know you feel depressed when you're having thoughts like, what's the point? Or you're analyzing life through a lens that where you're only drawn to the negative. Um, you know it's depression when an internal bully comes up and says, you know, everybody hates me and you're a burden on people and things like that. Uh, and that can, you know, th- there's different types of depression. Some kind of conventional depression is perhaps if you're grieving, if you've just lost someone, you're going to feel depressed and you're going to have those thoughts like, what's the point? And you're going to feel a very almost tangible sadness. Um, If you've grown up being bullied by your parents and people around you or in a, in a marriage with an, or a relationship with an abusive partner, you know, you, you might be susceptible to depression, uh, to depression. Uh, also, genetics play a part as well. Sometimes, if you if your if depression runs through the family, then, then then you might be susceptible to it, just like anxiety. But depression, similar to anxiety, um, can be treated, and it's uh, you know it's if it needs to be treated, um, and it's something that as anxiety sufferers you, you shouldn't be scared of because. One of the reason I'm doing this episode is one of the questions that come up a lot is, you know, what if I get depression? What if I get depression and I can't cope? You know, if you're looking at some of the core statements of every anxiety problem or anxiety disorder, if you, the three core fears are, what if I lose control? What if I can't cope and lose control? Uh, what if I die? Uh, or what if I, you know, lose everything, or things get to the point where I can't cope? And 
our anxious response likes to attach itself to this, loves it. Because what anxiety will do for people, will will, will pick up on depression or look at other people's depression. And it will use one of those core fears, like what if I lose control or whatever, and immediately gain your attention. And the reason why I'm doing this episode is to separate kind of what is depression and, and to help you label what is a fear of depression. Now, you might be listening thinking, well, I know I'm depressed and anxious, you know, and whilst that's not okay, it kind of is okay. You're all right. It doesn't mean anything awful is going to happen. I think when people hear the word depression, they, well, their anxious response immediately goes to thoughts of suicide um, or thoughts of people that have had enough. Um, obviously, that does happen, and it can make and it makes the headlines. But the vast, vast majority of people with depression do not do that. Um, if you are stuff struggling with severe depression. You know what that looks like is when you start to have kind of suicidal um, thoughts. Now, lots of people have suicidal thoughts about, they're called suicidal ideations. But you can also have suicidal planning thoughts as well. And if you're in that zone of places, you must reach out to someone. Talk to your doctor. If you don't talk to your doctor, you know, talk, talk, get another doctor. Uh, contact psychiatrist because that um, is an illness and it's an illness that can be overcome I know it feels very horrible and it's a very dark place to be in but if you you're in that level of severe clinical depression where you are contemplating suicide please do speak to a medical professional Uh, but that's in the very extreme cases depression on the grand spectrum is things that we can all just that we all experience, you know, if someone's feeling depressed, I take the view that, you know, we feel depressed. Um, Sometimes there's a reason for that and an obvious reason. If you look at COVID and lockdown and, and throughout that time that, you know, it's a lot of people felt depressed. A lot of things, a lot of people took comfort in their routine that was taken away from them. Things that helped nurture them and things that gave people a lot of joy and freedom were suddenly taken away and people felt depressed. I mentioned before about grief, you know, people can feel depressed. Uh, You might feel depressed because you've had anxiety for a long time. You know, it's natural to feel depressed and that's how, what kick-started my depression actually. Grief and and an anxiety disorder. Um, And yeah, you're just, just a very murky cloud that hangs over you you know uh, it saps your motivation it can sap your energy levels and your self-concept you see was you know through a very critical lens Um, and depression like anxiety particularly generalized anxiety depression thrives off one of the main compulsions that perhaps we're all guilty of now and then and that is rumination so if you ruminate, then that f- can fuel both depression and anxiety. And if you don't know what rumination means, it's when we sit and stew, uh, a phrase I hate to use is when we overthink, 
when we're going round and round in circles, exploring all the worst case scenarios, living the catastrophes, answering every what if that's thrown at us, arguing with something in our brain that just isn't happy until it gets 100% certainty. And that's rumination. And if you've ever felt like, oh, I need 100% certainty or something, um, then you're ruminating. Um, but it can apply to depression too and become interwoven. But the positive and negative of that, the positive is if you're ruminating, then when you work on your rumination, it helps both the anxiety and the depression. But also it can, that rumination has more topics to explore, both with anxiety and both with depression. So you might be like, have thoughts, oh, what if I'm not good enough? What if I keep panicking? What if I keep suffering? And then depressive thoughts like, well, what's the point in me? I'm this, I'm a burden. Um, I'm never going to be happy again. I'm never going to be useful to anyone. And they can all be part of a kind of a nasty cocktail that we can ruminate upon. Uh, depression becomes a problem when most of our days are dictated by the symptoms of depression. So if you've got a very low appetite, because of depression. If you are sleeping in all day and your kind of sleep habits are out of, are out of sync, um, your diet is gone because you don't feel like you want to nourish yourself. If you're not washing because of all these what's the point things. If you are, you know, signed off work for, for ages because of this, because it feels too difficult to do, um, then yeah, that's the kind of sign where depression needs kind of intervention. What I do want to stay, and this is probably one of the main reasons I do this part, I'm doing this episode today, is that I hear a lot of anxious people who misinterpret depression as the immediate sign of their demise. And this is the part where we want to talk about, it's the fear of depression. The fear of depression is basically what if I lose control dressed up in a very sneaky way that anxiety likes to use? So, for example, someone with OCD, uh, so like suicide OCD, or someone who's just with health anxiety, or just get any, pretty much any form of anxiety, panic disorder, if they see a news story, a sad, tragic news story, where a well-known celebrity has taken their own life, immediately what these people may do is go, well, what if that happens to me? And even though I don't feel clinically depressed right now, what if this anxiety gets to the point where I'd end up like that? And that is so common. And I'm just gonna lay it out there. If you're worried about that, then the likelihood, the extreme likelihood is that it's not gonna happen. Um, because depressed people are often spend a lot of time fantasizing, idealizing thoughts about uh, ending their life, which is the opposite to anxious people who are afraid they'll lose control or believe they'll slip and slide into becoming that state. And whilst you can never obviously have 100% reassurance that that's not going to happen, the, the extreme probability is that if you're anxious about it happening to you, then, you know, it's just not, you know. Um, 
And that's why I want to discern between the depression and the fear of depression. also wanted to look at kind of intrusive thoughts people who get intrusive thoughts might have intrusive thoughts about losing control you know veering their car into traffic jumping off a bridge stabbing themselves with a knife whatever uh, and they'll get intrusive thoughts uh, that can link with a fear of depression and they can misinterpret those thoughts as the first sign of losing control and getting to that stage and I want you know if this if this resonates with you, just remember that this is just a thought wrapped up as something else. This is just what if I lose control, but you're not going to lose control, right? and that doesn't happen. You know, if you're not suddenly going to, you know, snap and decide you know enough's enough within a few seconds. And yet the brain can be very clever at trying to convince us uh, of that. Then, of course, you've got people who are depressed who also have a fear of depression. What if this depression gets worse? Well, actually, as a therapist, when I work with people like that, I see that as a good sign. It's a good sign that actually this is still mostly an anxiety problem. And a lot of times when people work on the anxiety, the depression kind of naturally lifts. Uh, and if it doesn't, you know, we look at why that depression might be um, lingering around. Because depression's different for, for everyone. You can have a steam-based depression, you know, where you've just been put down a lot of your life. You can have trauma-based depression, where you've gone through some horrendous events, and it's very difficult to process that. You can have kind of just... Um, a disposition to be depressed perhaps you've had that growing up through your childhood through teenagehood um, but either way you know or, or maybe you've been diagnosed with say manic depression um, or bipolar where the waves of depression will just come you know it's like you know, it's you, and you can manage that and thankfully there's lots of uh, modern interventions to help you manage that but in general it's that fear of depression which should be always be reframed as the fear of losing control because that's usually what happens now people with a fear of depression will avoid stuff you know and this is where you get into the gray areas of therapy and in my practice you know as you'll know my golden rules are always do what non-anxious you would do and is what I'm doing now teaching the threat response that this uncertainty is okay so you might have people who once you know, drank, drank beer and wine, but now they don't for fear of losing control, for fear that it might develop depression. You have people who've been prescribed antidepressants for depression, but then afraid to take the medicine just in case it makes them more depressed and they lose control. What if I lose control? You know, why is that there? Uh, you've got people who will avoid things that make them feel out of control because of that 
core fear of, you know, what what if I lose control? What if I get so depressed? The point of that. And then you get people who avoid things like watching the news. And oh, don't get me wrong, you know, have healthy boundaries with negative stuff. And I always advocate for that. But then you've got the total avoiders. They do it because of the fear, not just because of their well-being. And if you're someone who avoids because of this fear, what if I become depressed and lose control? Then you've got to work on those avoidance strategies. And that's where kind of exposure can come in. And um, exposure response prevention therapy is really good for that. Um, if you caught the episode with uh, Jenna Overbar about OCD, she touches a bit about um, uh, ERP. So yeah, the depression and the fear of depression. I remember being depressed and thinking, oh my God, what if this gets worse? What if this gets worse? But looking back, that what if this gets worse, that worry actually made me get out of bed. You know, it made me get out of bed. It made me go to the gym, it made me, or just exercise, it made me eat, because actually the anxiety was was actually a good thing for me, I believe, you know, I used it as a, almost as a tool to help me out of it, which was cool, um, and again, it, it, it just I just go back to it, and I speak to many, many people, not just my clients, but people who, you know, who signed up to the newsletters, people who email about the podcast, people who chat on Instagram, Every time I hear it, it must be every week, what if this gets to the point where I lose control? You know, Dear Josh, I avoid watching things like Shutter Island or uh, Split or anything where someone goes crazy or, you know, I avoid watching movies with Robin Williams in or I used to listen to Linkin Park or Audio Slave, but I can't anymore. Because it reminds me of that fear of depression, that loss of control. Because unfortunately, Robin Williams and Chester Bennington um, took took their own lives. It has happened, and you'll you'd have heard of stories of suicide growing up as a child. Um, just remember that your threat response will pick up on that, because disordered anxiety always wants to find the answer. But this is what you've got to remember. Disordered anxiety is a threat response that's happening when we don't want it to. You know, it it is reacting like there is an initial threat, such so it gives you all the adrenaline, all the cortisol, puts you into meerkat mode, all the stuff that we speak about, particularly in the early episodes of this podcast. Um, but obviously, when you're in a situation where you're safe. When you're in a situation where there is no threat to identify, well, the thinking brain and the threat response, they're not satisfied with that. So what they'll do is they will search for a reason as to why you feel so anxious. It gets confused. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense that you're so anxious. I'll find the reason. And when it, once it's scanned the environment and decides there's no danger there, it can then sometimes go to your body, you know, and then people with health anxiety will know that. You'll start body scanning and, oh, yeah, I can't, you know. But for some people, when they've decided actually, well, the body's fine as well, it'll just go to your thoughts. It will go to thoughts, fears, memories, things that are going on around you. And that's when it can happen. 
it can just suddenly um, link itself uh, to there because the brain thinks, ah, there's the fear. There's the fear. I'm going to hook onto that. You know, and this is why people kind of get caught with this particular fear because you do hear these stories, tragic stories, these actual events that happen. But just because it happens doesn't mean it's any more likely to happen to you. You know, and just remember, the general rule is if you're worried about losing control or the fear of depression where you lose control and end up, you know, wanting to take your own life, then it's probably not going to happen because you're worried about it. You care not. When you work with it, when it, with the clinically depressed, and I have done, when you work with extremely depressed people, those ideations become fantasies. There's no threat response there. It's a you know, this, this is something that seems great for me that I'd like to pursue. And again, I have to reiterate, if you are thinking like that and you've been mulling it over for a very long time, please reach out to your doctor or a charity or someone you must reach out. I implore you to. Those feelings um, uh, shouldn't last, you know, they're part of an illness and an illness that can be treated. It can be lifted. There is a way out of it. So if you do, if you are depressed or you resonate with the fear of depression, once again, just reframe it. This is a fear of losing control. Try not to avoid. Don't avoid things because just in case that fear might become tr true. No. Um, I work with someone and I have permission to uh, say this. I have permission, by the way, from every anecdote that I use. There was someone whinging about me using that on another podcast the other day the other week uh and i should have done my due diligence and you know said like you know, when i use these examples they are they have permission to use them and they're still anonymous but i once worked with um a client who had the, this particular fear the fear of the fear of depression fear of losing control and they would again avoid all all media to do with suicide or people losing their minds. They stopped, you know, going out with their friends, drinking wine, something that they used to enjoy. Uh, I'm not going to get into the, the health benefits of wine and alcohol and stuff like that because no, if I believe that you know, if you, you live your life, you know, don't let anxiety stop you. Um, uh, and they they would just yeah they would stop doing all these things and they'd constantly compulsively check to see if their thoughts were normal in inverted commas they would study their family tree for signs of depression and mental illness they would obsess about their diet because they felt that you know the they became obsessed with the gut brain connection where if their gut biome was good their brain is good and all this was done to placate that constant voice saying what if you lose control and I was like, well, this isn't a session about discussing, you know, gut biomes and the benefits of eating healthy. This is a session about you have planned your entire life around this fear. This fear of what if I lose control? And that's where kind of we use the, the CBT style of, style of things, particularly looking at the behavior. And that is, we've got to cut out these avoidance behaviors. We've got to cut out you know, all these just-in-case behaviors and thoughts, the rumination, and let's really start to work on, on that because 
for me, I, all, I always lean into the probability. Probability is always massively, overwhelmingly on your side. And if you've changed your life just to cater for something that has a 0.0001% chance of happening, surely that's not right, you know? And just because your threat response is going off and it makes it feel super real, doesn't mean it's going, it doesn't mean it's any more real. It just feels real. And for people with OCD, you know what that's about. You know, the thought feels real, but it isn't any more real. And again, that's where therapy and ERP and stuff like that can, can step in to help. So yeah, that's what I wanted to rant about this week um, and explain to you about depression versus fear of depression. Uh, you can always do a depression test um, online. Uh, I think there's one called the PHQ-9, which is a, um, a questionnaire. I might have got that wrong forgive me, but it's a questionnaire that you can do on the NHS website in the UK. And I think it's used in other countries too, uh, to, to, to check your depression score. And they have it from like mild, moderate, severe. And, and again, once again, I reiterate, if you have depression, you know, for the majority of the time, it's, it's okay. Um, but it's always good to kind of get help for it regardless and stay on top of it. Also, be very mindful that when you look at the symptoms of depression, they a lot of them overlap with symptoms of anxiety. So don't just start panicking because you've seen, oh, you know, oh, I don't sleep very well. Oh, I'm very tired all the time. Oh, I've lost my appetite. Oh, I have scary thoughts. Uh, oh, I don't feel very great in myself. They're also symptoms of a persistent anxiety disorder. So you don't need to you know, start bouncing off the walls because you've seen this all the time. It's um, very common, that. Um, anyway, I hope this was very helpful, um, and I will do my best and endeavour to do some episodes on some requests. I often put out on my Instagram stories uh, episode requests, or um, I'll start including requests in the weekly newsletter as well. It's a way that you can submit them. Uh, if you've not signed up to the newsletter yet, you know, pop over to schoolofanxiety.com. I'm sure that you'll hear it repeated in the closing credits. Have a lovely rest of your day. If you're listening in the middle of the night, I hope that you get some rest soon. And I'll catch you soon with another episode. Keep well, guys. Thank you for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you enjoy the Panic Pod, I'd really appreciate a review on the streaming service that you use. This could be Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anything similar. And another friendly reminder that if you want the free newsletter every week directly from me, go sign up to the mailing list at schoolofanxiety.com or in any of the bio links on my social media platforms. And that's at Anxiety Josh. Have a lovely week ahead.